How do you know you're moving or being still? Close your eyes. Slip out of planning. The frontal lobe of the brain is not where those original, the out of the box, that waiting material is sourced. Shift to whole body thinking to access deeper knowing. This is diving into visceral movement on day 12 in the place of dance. It's me again, Tiffany Wingo, and let's dive into what we have for today. The history of your entire movement life is stored in the cerebellum of the brain, the primary site for movement memory. It's that double lobe structure, the second largest area of the brain. It's situated at the back and the base of the skull. All your experiences from pre-birth to now are available each time you begin moving, merging past with present, and creating your future. As dancers, or as an audience or a viewer, you draw on this heritage to interpret the present moment. Some memories are positive and some can be challenging. Consciousness of this history allows choice about vocabulary and the meanings you assign to your movement. Each style of movement training creates its own map in your brain-body memory, not organized, but distinct. There are portals to access these different realms, movement, entryways that lead to unique states. Amid learned pathways, those that you have studied or performed the most are the most readily accessible to you, and childhood pathways are the most deeply embedded. Your body offers a rich, endless, revealing field for investigation. When learning movement or creating dances, getting fixated on certain patterns limits your choice. What might seem compelling to you from the strength of past neuron muscular connections might be dulling to the viewer. Context is everything. Cultivating curiosity develops the capacity to look for new movement with more juice. You may feel emotions before the immensity of this open terrain, but that's where courage comes in and knowledge of the body comes into play. Both the visceral body and agency body are involved in juicy movements. You feel and make choices as you move. Fluidity comes through integration and connection. Dancers have to connect below the obvious layers of physicality and emotionality to be psychologically and neurologically available for surprise. And y'all, I'm just saying that might be my favorite sentence all day. Okay, back to our page. This sensitizing realm includes the capacity to touch and be touched, both physically and metaphorically. Orientation while opening is a practice. Find choreographers, performers, and collaborators that support juicy dancing, enhancing your capacity for investigative states in search for clarifying your form. Stay embodied. Resist distraction, literalness, and motoring. Sometimes you have to slow down to inhabit the moment and ground your body. Eventually, your dancing can be wild and fast with lifts and feats of endurance layered in rhythmic complexity. But the least engaging dancer is the one who leans quickly and stays at that superficial level, never deepening, never investing. Expression is healthy. We need the balance of impression, which is following towards self, and expression following towards others. Some say that as much as 90% of the impulses for movement to the brain are inhibited. This process of selection allows for socialization and sitting still in classrooms. Energy stored in the nervous system needs to be expressed. Your body wants to respond. 
Dancers use this impulses for movement that most socialized situations inhibit. Watching dance and dancing is an opportunity to inhabit that larger range of expressivity. Gesture precedes language. The hand is so important that it has its own map in the brain. We gesture to remember words and associations. People both experience and read movement through the details of a gesture. In terms of shape and energy, hands express subtle and not so subtle shifts in mind. You clench your fist, touch your lips, bite fingernails. Responsiveness of hands and feet is essential to the agility of dancing, not just for balance, shape, or design, but for maintaining flow. Hands as mitts or feet as boards stop energy from connecting outward. Breath allows fullness. The body prioritizes life-sustaining oxygen over everything. So juicy, gusty dancing involves deep, full breath cycles, taking in and releasing. It's best to keep breath even rather than responding to each movement or dynamic shift. Feeding the body oxygen is an ongoing requirement. Oxygen depletion through hyperventilation only restricts that dynamic range. You can appear to viewers as tight, excited, or enraged, but inside homostasis, you need to be calm and have steady breath. That's essential to efficient function. Learning new movement opens pathways to the neuromuscular system. Dendrites actually grow from neurons and make new connections. That's why unusual movement feels awkward and interesting. To understand an enriched movement range, it helps to have some terminology. So here we go. Reflexive and developmental movement patterns are present in your body at birth from the heritage of your species. Indiosocratic movement spontaneously arises from your unique life patterning. Received movement has been learned. Collective movement reflects what you pick up from the social and cultural environment. Transpersonal movement includes mysteriously artistic patterns that you haven't learned but that move through you from energetic field. Andrea Olson talks about an experience on a note called moving through resistance. It takes heft to dance, challenged in graduate school to find volume in my movement. I began creating dances based on etchings of a German expressionist artist, Kulwitz. Working during World War II, Kalwitz depicted the rage and despair of women in war. Simultaneously, I was rehearsing a solo for Wilson's thesis, Energy in Search of Form, requiring passionate abstract physicality, but both dances felt vacant. One night in a thunderstorm, distraught, I left my heavy boots in the studio and began dancing, adding encumbering layers of heavy skirts and coats helped me embody and move beyond resistance, alternating both solos for hours as thunder crashed and wind blew through the gymnasium. This created an exhilarating and exhausted state, the life and deathness of dancing. There's another side note piece she speaks on being heard. Once I stayed for three months at the old creamery in Northern California. This was Janet Alder's authentic movement studio secluded in a garden near the sea and surrounded by rolling hills. This was a place for focused work. Once I startled a guest who was making tea in the kitchen. You're so quiet, she said. Try stomping around, take up space. This became a part of my practice, not being silent. So 
Opt out of the familiar. Whenever you feel locked in a habitual choice, you can alter it slightly. Find a new point of initiation or pass on it altogether. See what else comes. Often movement will feel fresh, but the next day you've orchestrated it into a familiar groove. Sometimes a choreographer changes things at the last minute to keep an engaged state or speeds things up fast that you have to stay in survival mode. You can learn to keep that immediacy for yourself, that in the moment investigation within action. Staying inspirable, you become impeccably engaged in the potency of moving in the moment. So let's look at the three exercises. The first one is our to-do. Pelvic floor, upward lift. This could take about five minutes. In dance, activation of the pelvic floor muscle creates levity and core integration and movement. In yoga, this is the root of the central energy channel. Pelvic floor muscles connect your pubic bone to the tailbone, sit bone to sit bone, creating a trampoline-like base to support your organs. Contract and release the muscles of the pelvic floor to feel their action. Balance release with activation to tone rather than fixate these important muscles. In healthy dancing, we seek awareness, not holding. Bounce a sound like ha or ha on the pelvic floor, like jumping on a trampoline to stimulate sensation. Draw an imaginary line from the center of your pelvic floor up the front of your spine to the roof of your mouth. This is a core energetic line. Stroke your tongue on the soft palate to stimulate this area. Dance or move with intention on the pelvic floor and the upward flow. Let's look at the second exercise to dance. The antidote to the antidote dance with a partner. This can take up to 45 minutes. Muscular engagement partnered with spatial orientation clarifies your connection to your center, to the ground, and to other. Start by exploring isometric muscular engagement with your own body, offering resistance with one body part to another. Let your body find the next engaged muscular position that alleviates any fatigue or discomfort caused by the preceding one. With a partner, facing each other, standing, eyes closed, using your hands and arms to begin with. Each of you simultaneously offers resistance to the other, looking for a stopping place. That satisfying but mutually dependent stillness. Each partner is in the environment for the other, offering stability and resistance like a rock face. Maintaining the stillness, scan through your body, in through your partner's body, and out into the space around you for the sensations, feelings, and thoughts that are contained in or provoked by this composition. You can open your eyes in the stillness and notice where they fall naturally to counterbalance your posture. You can change just the direction of all the eyes and feel how the composition changes. Sustain for as long as the composition lives before you feel it begin to decay. And one partner will decay before the other but always take your time. Close your eyes in order to let your body find the next stillness with your partner. Each of you is the antidote to the preceding one, unraveling from the very first one. 
you can begin to engage with other parts of the body than hands and arms. Vary the amount of muscular engagement. Push your edge. Can you stay longer? Can you use more muscle? What is moving in the stillness? Occasionally, after a decay, come apart from your partner and offer yourself an antidote. When it decays, come back together and continue. When it's time to end, separate to dance an antidote of your own. This is an after image of the meeting with your partner. What has happened? Is there more space after compression? Do you feel your organs? What stories do the muscles tell? And then have this conversation with your partner. Then take a break. With your eyes closed, make a circle with the group. Feel the composition of these bodies in this space. Report impressions to the group. When finished, open eyes and bring in your vision. This last exercise is to write an artist's statement. It could take you about 20 minutes. Beginning with visceral writing and based on your previous journal entries, write your personal artist statement. Consider what you care about. Who has influenced your creative voice? And where would you like the reader or viewers to focus in relation to your work? Free write it first to explore ideas. And then edit to one or two concise paragraphs. Print out your words. How does your statement read on the page? Read aloud to refine and clarify your views. On page 94, there's some studio notes from B.B. Miller that I found inspiring to get that creative writing going. And my hope for you today is that as we close out Visceral Movement, that you remember 1 Corinthians 6. It says, you surely know that your body is a temple where the Holy Spirit lives. The Spirit is in you and is a gift from God. And as you play today and begin these exercises, that you will find wholeness in your movement. Have a beautiful day and blessings.